You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 259, we're discussing Toys in 2021, Supergirl, and Ezra Bridger casting, and WandaVision episode 7. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. He never takes a moment out of the spotlight, Sanjay. Love that introduction, and boys, <sighs> welcome to another episode of the Nerd Room. We've got... An exciting week to dig into. We're talking toys in 2021. One of our favorite topics, one topic that we haven't touched on much this year outside of This Week in Nerd, but we're talking about Marvel Legends, Black Series, NECA, McFarlane's Hot Toys, anything that we're spending that money on, anything that gives us that plastic anxiety in 2021. We're going to break down what we're seeing, what we're picking up, and what we're looking forward to already this year it's only two months in and i feel like i've been spending six months worth of money here so <laughs> we're gonna jump into that a little later on in the episode and we're also gonna talk supergirl casting and an immense movement to cast a fantastic female lead into this role as well as ezra bridger from stars from rebels has been rumored to have been at least in talks of being cast so we're gonna break that down and of course wandavision episode seven the episode everyone thought we were going to see a major reveal from, and it turned out to be a lesson in expectations, guys. So we're going to break that down <laughs> in a little bit of detail as well and talk about what we're seeing from Monica and the big reveal at the end and what's coming for episode eight here, just on the horizon this Friday. Looking forward to that. But guys, welcome to the podcast. And we got to kick this things off. We always do with our weeks and nerd. And Sanjay, my man, we're going to give you an opportunity to talk about all that plastic that has landed in your lap. I know you got some action figures. I know you got something going on there. So why don't you let us know what's going on in your working nerd? I don't know that uh, yeah. plastic that lands in Sanjay's lap is appropriate <laughs> for our show, though. <laughs> it's appropriate oh, innuendo for our show. man Sanjay. <laughs> this is a kid show, man. We're a show for the people. And uh... I try to tee up Sanjay sometimes to, to make me edit. <laughs> he didn't bite on that one. No, no, you know, I, I'm on my best behavior today. Um, what have I been getting? Well, I got the Nerd Room Funko Pop collection. Just picked up my Carlos. Um, Tim Coming and Troy in are in the mail. Troy was sold out. Sanjay's a pay warmer. He's always there. <laughs> like, p- people are just like, I've seen him like, giving them to birds to line their nests with, with like the cardboard backing <laughs> and stuff. They just can't give it away. It's like, why did we order 10,000 Sanjays? Walmart, whoever was there, like... Uh, merchandiser really screwed up this week but uh besides that uh you know besides the funkles uh, um carlos and troy they've been selling me on this dc future state stuff and so i yo it's so good so i finally made it out to the comic shop and i've read three issues since we've last spoke uh swamp thing number two Loved it. I love that it takes place in Canada as well. Like, that's a bonus. And um, (laughs) surprisingly sweet. Like, the ending is kind of, like, emotional. It gets to you. Um, Swamp Thing, man, he's he's such a cool character. I really hope we could get, like, a movie or something with Swamp Thing. Because I think it would be a hit. I think it would be great. 
And we've already had two movies, but unfortunately they were in the 80s and they're kind of low budget and not as good as they could have been. Um, and then I also got Shazam. I read Shazam number two, and that one was really good. I really like that one. Curious to see where it goes. Um, I think it continues in Black Adam, the uh, yes. future state Black Adam. Yeah, so I have that one lined up. And and then Aquaman. Aquaman was really cool, like um, with Aquaman's daughter. And uh, I've been reading the Aquaman run, and in it, you know, his daughter is just an infant, just, you know, a baby. So it's kind of cool to see, like, this time leap and see Jackson or, you know, the new Aquaman and Aqualass, as he calls her, um, together in an adventure. And it was badass, man. I was super, super impressed with those three. So I'm going to keep keep this uh, future state train going. Uh, Carlos is going to give us some more um, recommendations later on. Um, but, you know, uh, I was a little bit uh, hungry over the weekend. You know, I've, I was just starving for some cinema. And um, I listened to uh, Uncle Martin. And uh, he wrote an essay for me, and he was talking about cinema, and he's talking about film. And, uh, it, it, you know, if you haven't had a chance, read the, read the essay. Um, make of it what you will. I read it, and I was like, yeah, man, like, okay, I can kind of see where he's coming from. That's pretty cool. And um, so I'm like, let's get some, like, classics. Let's, like, go back. Let's go old school. So I did. I jumped in my DeLorean. Um, that That's the time machine and Back to the Future for all those who haven't seen it. Um, and I went back to 1947 and I went to England and I watched, um, a film called Black Narcissus, which is, uh, so it takes, so it's shot in 1947 and it's about a group of nuns that go to the Himalayan mountains in India and they're starting to set up a convent there and, um, you know, setting up a school, a hospital, and it's like on top of this mountain. And it's so like atmospheric and the acting is so well done and the cinematography and the score. It's just, it was a treat. It was a visual treat. It was, you know, a treat for the eyes, a treat for the ears. It was a treat for the brain. It, it was a perfect, you know, it was a perfect main course that like I went over to Uncle Martin's and he's like, here, Sanjay, have, have something to eat. Here's some cinema. I'm going to fill you up on the cinema. And so I watched that and I was like, yeah, man, that was really good. Let's get more you know, let's get some more cinema in me because I, I had a little bit, you know, left, you know, I was, I was kind of full, but I had a little bit left, you know, like when you eat, but then you want like a little bit of dessert. And so I, I watched Valley of the Dolls. Now this is a sixties movie and it takes place in the sixties. It's shot in the sixties and it's based on a book and it's about these three women and it's like their lives in Hollywood and like singing and uh, modeling and um, in New York as well. And it just talks about their lives and like what's going on with them. And uh, man, like this movie was great. Like I know when this movie came out, um, people kind of bashed it, said it's like they said it was like so bad it's good. But for me, like I actually felt like really emotional with this film. And uh, I don't know if it was like uh, because Sharon Tate is in it um, and, you know, uh she, her her character not to spoil anything but her character goes through some like rough times and if you know like anything about Sharon Tate and like her life um and just how tragic it was it just like makes it like that much more emotional when you watch the film and so for me watching this like it got to me like I needed to like kind of like take a moment like go for a walk after because I was like I don't know man like it just kind of like got to me it's one of those films that just kind of gets to you and uh I, I love it some people call it trashy like Roger Ebert said it was trash and stuff and when it came out um so like, I don't know if it's just it's 60 years removed from it. I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I really dug that film. 
um, for it. And um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I watched it. I'm trying to like, you know, as I mentioned, I'm trying to get out of that box of like just watching horror movies and like superhero or like sci-fi films is like, I love those, but you know, sometimes, sometimes like the little birdie's got to fly away and, you know, enjoy other sights and like other sights and sounds. So that was kind of um, my week in nerd a little bit off the beaten path, but uh, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. It's, it's, it's like, you know, the more I watch of like older films, the more I want to watch and then, like, you kind of, like, watch these films, and then you critique modern stuff differently. Like, um, there was a miniseries that came out, actually, I didn't know about this, but it came out in November, shop, or December, shot by the BBC, and it's on FX. And it's a three-episode miniseries about Black Narcissus. And uh, I watched, like, the first episode, and I don't know if I'm just cynical, but I was like, man, this isn't that good, like, compared to the one that was shot, like, 80 years ago. This one that was shot, like, three months ago not as good and you know maybe episodes two and three will be better and i'm going to keep an open mind in those but just like watching them so close together and comparing the two there's a noticeable difference in quality between the two and um i'm curious to see like what else you know recommendations people have for like films could be anything it could be anything just you know shoot them out uh tag me on twitter and let me know i know i sent out that tweet a while ago where i had like a list of 10 different uh genres or like subjects of films that i was watching and i'm like i still am watching those i you know i've nailed a couple of those down and i'll be posting about that uh later on in the week about the ones that i've seen to kind of complete that and uh keep keep hitting me up with your recommendations and uh you know i I gotta get fed i gotta get fed uh feed me (laughs) feed me some suggestions give me some of that good cinema you know uh you come in there and uh just feed it to me it's just it's just wholesome it's just it's great man so feed me that cinema let me know on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. And I know Grabs is read, watching this or listening to this going, Sanjay, I've given you suggestions before. And, and Grabs, I just wanted to point out, Saving Private Ryan is on my top watch list. It will be watched soon. Okay, and Galaxy Quest will be watched soon. But Saving Private Ryan is a film that I really, really want to watch. And I'm just going to get to the right mood because I've heard nothing but excellent things about this film. And you don't want to like watch an amazing film when you're like in a bad mood or like you had a bad day at work, you kind of just want to watch it when you know, so like, you, you know, you're going to enjoy it. Right. So I don't want to like watch it when I'm tired and then I fall asleep or something. So grabby grabs, grabs it's coming and expect a full is. saving private Ryan <laughs> review uh, for the, my weekend nerd when I watch it, because it is on there. And like, I do hear your little voice in my head when I go look through my movies saying, Sanjay, watch this. Sanjay, watch this. Sanjay, watch this. And it is there. You're like my little Jiminy Cricket, and I will watch Saving Private Ryan soon. I, I have it. I have the disc here somewhere, and it will be watched soon. So that's my pledge to you, Grabs. Well, there it is, man. That's a that's a promise more than a pledge. That's <laughs> is, a, is a promise to to get some of those under your belt. But it's good to hear that you're expanding out and watching different sets of films. It's interesting you say that is on FX because you can now probably find that on Disney Plus because all the FX stuff is now embedded inside of Disney Plus in Canada. Because Ooh. of Disney Plus Star or whatever the hell it's called, Star Plus. <laughs> well, I it's had it. Uh, like, I just, like, went on my, like, PVR, not PVR, but, like, my TV and I, like, Disney Plus it. is what I'm trying to get. Yeah, there's all sorts of Sanjay movies on there now that they uploaded, like, 500 movies today. Oh. Would Uncle Martin approve? Yeah. Okay, you know, this may expose me a little bit. Who the hell is Uncle Martin? Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, this 
this guy. I don't like, I don't like superhero movies, but our whole podcast is based around superhero movies. No, that's not what he said. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, that's not what that he said. Amazing. That's not what he said. He was, said yeah, he it was them. exactly what he said. Kevin Feige gave him a big middle finger. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we I need mean... to release this episode as video because this right? exchange was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Troy and I just cackling like idiots as the bookends here. Like it... <laughs> well, you know, Martin Scorsese, he just appreciates good cinema. That's why he produced Joker, you know, so. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had a big hand in that one. <laughs> Let's slap your name on the side of it. Okay, dude. <laughs> Anyway, anyways, <laughs> Troy, man, before I take yeah. myself to a deep, dark place that I can't talk my way out of, what, what's going on with you? How's your week in nerd? Yeah, man, it's, it's solid. It's a solid week. It was, uh, was jam-packed, full of nerd. Uh, did some comic books, did some video games, and uh, capped it off with some action figures. Uh, it was, uh, I guess this time last week, I finally finished uh, Miles Morales, PS5, and... Uh, what experience, man! Right away, I sent a screenshot of the credits to uh, to Carlos here. Just like, man, <laughs> it's official. I beat the game, um, so I beat on the regular uh, difficulty, and I had to go back and play it again on the ultimate difficulty, and I uh, just finished that too. So now I'm just uh, trying to get those trophies, man. I'm at 92%. I'm almost there. I got all the goodies, and uh, man, what an experience, Miles Morales! Listen, this is the best, the best version of the character ever. Um, so different than Peter Parker. So much heart in the story. His overall cast is very reminiscent of the old school or ultimate uh, Peter Parker cast where everyone's kind of involved in the story and the clo- people closest to him are also his enemies once he's, uh, once he's Spider-Man. So it's really cool, man. And um, the very end, it had a very MCU-type feel with what was going on. We got a cool post credit scene that tied in with the PS4 Spider-Man as well with the, just the current story going forward. Just loved it. And the voice acting, the voice acting is phenomenal in this game. Um, maybe this is something that Carlos and I will dive into a little bit more on the nerd room arcade, but uh, I was just blown away by the gameplay and the story. So miles Morales, it's been capped off moving to the comics, man, the comics. Listen, these guys, Timbo, Sunjay, Sunny, you got me to turtles. Tim, you have a million Ninja Turtle action figures, <laughs> but guys, you need to be reading the last Ronin. Like I know, I heard know. that. This I've book heard that. Is like book two is out now, and um, I want to talk about it with you guys, but I don't want to spoil it, obviously. But uh, this is a, this is a phenomenal book. It's really something else where they're going. There's a lot of uh, a lot of sadness around there. Um, it's a really cool what if story, but it feels like it's it really is a place where the turtles could end up. The is art's it like phenomenal. Like a one off, like an alternate universe story. Yeah, so it's not necessarily tied to like the. Um, the, the, the books that we're reading that you kind of recommended there, the mm-hmm. IDW. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, basically, if you get the core characters of the Turtles, you can kind of just, you know, pick and choose where this takes place. You can pretty much just pretend this takes place with the original comics or the TMNT original movie years, years, is, years later. So is it is there two issues or two books? like Two, two issues right now. Two I think issues. it's going to be a four-issue miniseries. Okay. Is it like and, like is it like isn't it like nine is it nine bucks an issue is that it or is it regular it's nine bucks an issue nine, yeah. okay so, yeah. so it is thicker yeah, yeah. it is thicker thick yes pages? nine bucks an issue pretty thick pages um I mean for everyone out there you know basically the the synopsis is just uh it's turtles in a dystopian future and there's they're down to one turtle man 
Uh, it's a mystery of who the final turtle is that's left to hold it down. The, re- the real reveal has been uh, done in book one, but I'm not going to obviously spoil that for anybody out there. But it's a high recommend, and I would hate for anybody to get spoiled. So that's why the time is now to jump into it, because it is all over the internet. Yeah. But uh, it's 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 a treasure, man. It's really something special. And what they've done in book two, they could probably, if they wanted to, with the success of this whole overall story, probably go back and fill in some gaps leading Wicked. up to... Uh, yeah, so that was that's a cool read. Uh, Future State Man. I mean, Carlton and I will get into it, but um, I checked out Immortal Wonder Woman, book two. Wasn't too pleased with this one. Really cool art. I think I gave the first book high praise, but I, I saw where they were going. I like what they tried to do, but it's how they got there that kind of bummed me out. Uh, Superman book number two, Superman Worlds of War. This is a pretty cool one too. Uh, I think I dug book one a little bit more. But uh, overall, it was it was fun. I liked where Superman is in this timeline, and it looks like the book continues, but in another um, separate book. I can't remember what it's called. Carlos would probably have a better idea. Yeah, where that Superman one... House of L, I think, is House where it of continues. L. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, what do you what do you think, man? Did you dig it? Oh yeah, like the art was yeah. awesome, and like Superman, it like I really love this one, like. Michael Jan- Janin's art. I can never say that guy's name. I apologize, but I love your artwork. If you got some pencils somewhere, sell them to me because I adore what you do. But man, like his artwork coupled with just like the voice for Superman and what Superman is doing on Warworld and how he's doing it too. Yeah. And you see this guy being broken down at the end of every issue, what Mongols doing to him, and that he won't succumb to the torture and he's it's very much like kind of a Thor Ragnarok vibe with Thor trying to do what he can to liberate and lift the spirits of the people that are there. And it was cool in that the backup stories in that book um, kind of play a role in building out that world a little bit. And yeah, it was, it was neat. And I'm really excited to see where they take the story in the house of L books. And cause you'll get to see, I assume Superman overcome what uh what he's being tasked with right now and build his house of l but he uh he looks like he's had some miles in that book so i'll be curious to see what they do with taking him from here to there and then yeah immortal wonder woman beautiful beautiful book like the art is probably worth the price of entry on its own but yeah the story like i'm not one for these kind of existential bleak type of endings and they kind of took it to the well they took it to the logical conclusion but even further than that and it has a kind of poetic end to it but i don't know it was a, it was a little dark for me and i i'm kind of on the same page as you like very pretty book but yeah, yeah. but the nubia backup was great like i loved what they did to build out her character and make her her own Wonder Woman going forward kind of thing. So I think it's pretty cool that we have like a bonafide Wonder Woman family coming out of Future State with that's true. That's awesome. Diana being the contemporary Diana um, and whatever they're going to do with her in the wake of Death Metal. And then Nubia who, man, they did some really cool things with her and the characters. Like if you watch American Gods and what they do with the African Gods there and some of the things that they're playing with in this book, I'm pretty excited about that. And then um, Troy's girlfriend, Yara, like she's the star <laughs> of Future State. So w- th- what more can you say about that? So, oh. 
yeah, the the Wonder Woman book and the Superman book definitely ended up on my honorable mentions for Future State. And the other one uh, that ended up on honorable mentions was Shazam. It was a cool continuation of the story, and I'm curious to see where it goes. It, it just didn't bl- mm-hmm. rock my socks off. But uh, overall, it was another solid week for Future State because I had no uh, mileage may varies on this one because there was, there was no real duds. But... No. Uh, yeah, you know what? We'll keep going with the future state, and then Troy, you can cap her off because I got. I'll save my plastic for the end oh, of this uh, no. this year oh jam. But that's, uh, oh, that's why I'm here, man. Oh, yeah, man. Hear this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catwoman. Catwoman was amazing. Like such a cool mm-hmm. story, a really cool prequel to uh, Batman: Dark Detective. And if you read Kevin Smith's miniseries with uh, where he introduced a character called Automatopia. So cool. And the way that they play Selena off of him, off of the other characters that come into play in this book, super cool. Like, if you're reading and loving Dark Detective, I had low expectations of the Catwoman book, and I end up loving it. Like, if you like Dark Detective, I definitely recommend reading this, and almost even reading it kind of after issue two, uh, Dark Detective type of deal. Uh, Nightwing, man, do you read this one? Obviously, yeah, yeah. Troy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he lives oh, yeah. it, man. He lives it. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Like, dude, like, no spoilers because this is page two, but you get yeah. to see the new version of the dynamic duo oh. brought to insanely cool life by Nicola Scott. Like, her, her artwork was beautiful. Like, mm. every single panel was amazing. But it's a new dynamic duo, and it was just so cool to see – the role that Nightwing plays because he's not Batman, but he is like the new patriarch of the Bat family. Yes. And how Jace Fox, despite being Batman, he was like, no man, you're like the dude I'm Batman, but you're the dude. And it was just such a cool (laughs) dynamic. And man, that, that issue just made my heart sing. Like I just wanted to phone Troy and be like, dude, put your, (laughs) put your work down. I know, I know you're at work, but just, we got to talk about this book, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it was cool, dude. It was cool. I, I couldn't agree with you anymore because um, that panel that we had, I think, towards the end, too, when we see the two of them, I'm just like, this is this is brilliant. You know, yeah, because we're in Nightwing leading the whole Bat family, and he's above everybody, which is something you never get to see. You never get to see Batman and Nightwing, and Nightwing's taking the lead. You know yeah. what I mean? And the fact that we had a Batman who can basically hold his own, do his own thing, but still kind of bows down to Nightwing be like yeah like you're the top dog here I'm wearing the suit but this team needs you more than anybody it was is is fantastic dude Loved yeah it. like the they just nailed the dynamic and the thing that I love the most about everything they've done with next Batman is that he's it's not adversarial with anybody and there's like this mutual respect that they built into everything like from Bruce to to Dick, to Bart, like everybody respects the fact that he's Batman and he respects the the work that they put in kind of thing. And it was just, mm-hmm. you never see that, right? Every time you see the new character that nobody knows who he is or he hasn't put in the time with the family, like there's always the fight and there's always the, you got to earn that mantle. You got to, <laughs> yeah. right? You're, you're a pretender. Tropes. Yeah, this guy is yeah. the, real, the real Captain America. You're not the real Spider-Man. Yeah. But with this, it's just like, no oh, man, it's it's all good, it's all good, and then that leads us right to uh, next Batman, and probably the most astute piece of writing throughout Future State was the fact that John Ridley wrote pro- the smallest story 
in Future State. Like, it's pretty intimate, and it's, like, by issue two, issue three, is Batman basically dealing with, like, one murder, which is important in the real world, but in the world of these comic book superheroes, like, a single guy getting, like, beat up and stabbed on the street is not something that Batman would be spending two or three books dealing with, but that's what they end up doing and rounding out his world and how he has to operate and what his mortal moral code is and how he's similar to Bruce and different to Bruce and the journey that he goes on. I, I thought it was really cool and like a really smart way of getting you into the shoes of this character. And then also giving you an opportunity to slowly build out his relationship with the family, but without sacrificing time of this character in the suit to do that. Um, yeah, man. Like, what did you think of the finale for next Batman? Oh, I, I loved it, man. Next Batman was phenomenal. It was cool, man, because um, like I mentioned to you offline there, it had a lot of the DNA of kind of like the old school Spider-Man stories as well, where basically you have Jace or Tim Fox um, holding this burden of being Batman. But unlike Bruce, unlike anybody in the Bat family, he has nobody to share that with. Nobody knows who this guy is. So he has this crazy family, Lucius Fox, you know, um, Lucas Fox and his sister and his mother and a lot of these people are against the masks and he can't share that with anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool dynamic and like the sacrifices that he's making as he's trying to stop crime and encounters a certain person. And then they, they exchange some stuff at the end of the book in his civilian clothes. And I was just like, man, this guy's carrying like the world on his shoulders. It's so cool because yeah, like, you know, Bruce has always had Robin, you know, he's had Alfred, um for the most part you know even someone like uh peter parker he's uh you know later on he's had uh mary jane um but this to me was really cool that he's just holding it down all on his own man it's really neat and i'd love to see how long they can ride that out with batman not having a support you know i mean i don't know if down the road we'll have the bat family and maybe nightwing he'll let them in on his Mm -hmm. secret identity i don't know but uh for his core family you know especially his brother who's been a vigilante himself and he doesn't like his brother at all oh. and i really i really love it because like a reverse uh peter parker and flash thompson you know peter parker and flash don't like each other but flash loves loves spider-man you know and here we are basically we have jace fox his family doesn't like batman and his family doesn't really even like him so yeah. it's, it's something <laughs> special man it, it was really cool neat. like you hate luke fox by the end of yeah. that issue you're just yeah. like dude yeah. back off yeah. back off like, <laughs> yeah and yeah and yeah. then like honestly as good as the next Batman was, the backups in that book, ugh, like the Batgirls one was okay, but man, the Gotham Sirens one was just, it was just bad comics. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate them giving some of the new talent the chance to write and draw and whatnot, but <laughs> that, that was just bad. Like it, the, the thing I did with next Batman, I kind of had a sense, is I actually read it backwards. Like I read the Sirens backup first. <laughs> Cool. Then I went and did a bit of stuff, and then I read the Batgirls one, and then I just like those two, and I was just like, "Oh man, this, this time. is not great." So then, <laughs> put it down for a while, and I sat down and read next Batman, and oh, it, it took me probably an hour to go through this story because just every panel had so much, so good, so much depth. Like it was such a well written tale, and I, I actually I'm really looking forward to going back and rereading all these books. Um, yeah. So does it arcs. end next week? Is is week eight next? The last of it? Today would have been the oh, last. Today set was of the books. last one. Yeah, oh, the okay. last set of books. I was just uh, I was a little too lazy and a little too cold to venture out today. 
<laughs> a little <So> wet here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a bad day here, but uh, yeah, kind of the wet. And I was like, ah, you know what? I'm kind of cozy. Uh, yeah. And I got this nice. sweet thing that I'll talk about later that I'm oh. that I'm looking at. Oh. So. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into something. that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's next level. And we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it for sure. Here, Here's the thing I want to commitment. You guys have put so much effort in the last couple of weeks in DC, DC Future State, comics and all that. Troy, I'm going to read both issues of The Last Ronin for Dope. next week. Dope. And I'm going to read what's the best DC Future State book? The next Batman? Yeah, like Ooh. for like single, for like Justice League. I, I want to run. I want like a like. I want to read like four issues straight of something. Yeah, I I say next Batman and Wonder Woman Yara. Yeah, Yara is yeah. only two issues, and then and then oh, but Dark Detective. Dark Detective, oh, man, is that's kind of tough. Is so which might, one? Which is like it? Dark if, you got, if you guys got after all this reading, all this yeah. hype, which I know there's some connectivity in all this, and maybe. You get more out of it by reading yeah. you know, across a few issues. But if you're to recommend to, like, say, myself or anyone just to give a straight shot, I'm going to get into a bit more of it. But straight shot, I got one week to read two Ronin books and four, three or four, what? Ooh. I I would almost go Wonder Woman, like the Yara yeah. okay. Wonder Womans, and Justice mm-hmm. League because you get a nice fiesta platter of the four of them. And that was a okay. good book. And it just two okay. Justice League too, right? Okay, so that's four books. I yeah, can do that. So that's four books. So that, yeah. that will be my commitment. I'll do that and we can talk next week. Dope. Yeah. Get the, Dope. Like, yeah. At the end of it, the end of Future State, you'll get a a periphery reader. You'll get the the true and raw impressions on next week. I, well, I know it'll en- I know I'll enjoy tough. the turtle stuff, but Oh yeah, <laughs> turtles will be it's <laughs> tough though, Max. Awesome. I'm thinking I'm thinking like Dark Detective as well as fire and then the next, it, that's a hard one to Dark, well, my like, hope Dark is, my hope is, is like oh. amazing. Oh, my hope yes. is that it unravels something inside of me, and I'm just like, okay, let's bring it all on. I'm in. doing it all digitally so I can get my hands on things easy. I'm cool. a DC fan cool. now. Tim's going to come in with a Batman t-shirt next, and he's going to be like... Well, oh, that's man, the thing. I want to make a joke it, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost, like, if he reads Dark Detective, Marvel will lose a reader, for sure. Yeah, so, right? That, that's like he's the like, danger. what am I doing with all these funny books when I could be reading Dark Detective? <laughs> these funny <laughs> books. <laughs> Yeah, with Uncle Martin uh-huh. behind me. And that. Yo, man. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll lose a, a cinematic viewer as well. Not likely. <laughs> Tim loves them roller coasters. I do. I tell you, I I tell you Timbo, you watch, you watch some of these films and you'll be like, Hey, I'm, I'm not full. knocking the I'm films. Stuffed. I'm not knocking the films. Let's, let's get I'm that stuffed. one straight. I'm stuffed. <laughs> Uncle Martin, he got me. <laughs> he gave me a bowl right, of lasagna and I'm stuffed now. This this food analogy is going somewhere. I, I gotta dig into this. I feel like I'm missing something here. Something's going over my head. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't eaten dinner yet. But uh, l- let me get into my plastic for this week, and then we'll jump into a quick WandaVision discussion here. I I was I had a couple slow weeks in collecting, and I felt the need for some serious retro collecting. So I went and visited our friend Dave up at at Snap Collectibles. I piled the family in for the forty kilometer drive up to <laughs> Snap Collectibles. <laughs> And then asked them to nicely stay in the car for 30 minutes while I went in and perused through Snap Collectibles, little retro toy shop up here. Did you crack and... a window for them? Were they like, please, Dad? No, I took the keys and just left them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> with the dog and everything. <laughs> so I went in there with the intent on purchasing something. I wasn't going up there to just look. I was going up there to buy something. And I got in there and 
did my looking around and I, I really leaned into the Ghostbusters this time. I, I bought uh, what's called an H2 Ghost and I bought the Wolfman, which is just another one of the ripoff Universal monsters that found its <laughs> way. In, it's exactly what it is. It found its way into that fright feature sort of line, that way three, way four sort of area. So kind of in the, the late 80s when I was really collecting, it was another figure. I had both of them. I sent it to my dad. I was like, you remember these? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember this. But one thing I did that was a little different is I intentionally bought figures that were a little bit more scuffed up and were a little cheaper because of that. I wanted to try my hand at a little bit of, of figure restoration and and kind of trying to clean some of them up to, to get them up to looking really great. And I did that I was just with some recommendations. And I know, Troy, you were talking about using rubbing alcohol and Q-tips and all this to take paint off. And so I got in there and did a little bit of that and magic eraser and everything. And I cleaned up these figures both really nicely. And they, I posted a picture on Twitter about just kind of the comparison with some scuffs and paint marks and all that. And I was surprised actually how well the rubbing alcohol and a little Q-tip worked to get some of that paint off and the scuffs off. And I was really pleased with it. I paid like $10 less for the figure because of its condition. And now it's like a mint figure. Um, save a few scratches here and there because it's, of course, a used figure and all that. So it was a, kind of a cool experience. And then then I started walking down a, a dark path. I was I was in there and I looked to my to my right and I see an inbox pterodon or pterodactyl, whatever you want to call it. I think it's pterodon from the 93 Jurassic Park line. And I flip it over and it's a really reasonable price. And I just went, oh, shit. Okay, well, I'll take it too. <laughs> And so now I have the original figures in box as well as loose. And this is the first dinosaur I've bought in box. And I have to say, guys, short of an intervention, I'm all in on this. I don't know. <laughs> it just something triggered on me. And that, that packaging, it, it just drew me in. It's one of the figures, too. One of the very few dinosaurs I didn't open as a kid. And oh, really? so now yeah. I have. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't have the pterodon. And I didn't have another set of dinosaurs called the coelophysis. Every other dinosaur I had, and I, I physically opened myself. This one I didn't, so I was like, I gotta buy this, and so now now I'm the proud owner of an inbox JP dinosaur, and I don't know where this is gonna lead me. It's very frightening how expensive this stuff is, and <laughs> I got a good deal here, but I don't imagine that's gonna last. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a whole new world here in the in the retro space as I shifting towards some inbox stuff. I like them as as accent pieces, to be honest with you, to a, to a broader out of box collection. I find it's cool to get a nice representation of the card backs in that because the art in those card backs are just unbelievable. Um, you go back to some of that retro stuff too, like the turtles and Ghostbusters and all that. It's like they're works of art, the card backs. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to have that there, right? Because it, it kind of triggers something in you too. When you see the back of the box, it's got all the figures For lined sure. up. They don't do that anymore. It's like the art of the card back, I find in some scenarios, in some cases, like it's, it's kind of gone. Like you get some really nice stuff that is displayable, but... I still have boards from Star Wars and Jurassic Park and all that from when I was a kid that are I carried everywhere with me. And so I, I felt some of that love come back to me, that nostalgia, and so that led me to go and buy that. <laughs> but who knows what this is going to take me. But that's amazing. the other thing I did, yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm trying to – I'm going to get your, your young one there, Carlos, into that. 
<laughs> I know. Th- this is what I hate about Tim's retro collecting is he goes up there and then he feels guilty and then it's like he's like just a smidge short of sending my kids texts directly being like, hey, you know about this Jurassic Park dinosaur? Yeah. yeah. Look what's cooking on the Amber series. Hey, these yeah. sweet Black Series releases are coming up. Which ones are you yeah. getting? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's near that. That's why I post on Instagram so they can see it. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I literally got an order from Big Bad Toy Store fulfilled, and there is zero figures in it for me. Zero. <laughs> no, The Witcher is in there, which I actually already own because of the Troy influence. So, yeah. appropriate given that we launched Arcade. So, the one time I ever double up on a figure like this guy does all the time yeah, is man. that one. Fine. Are you going to yeah. get the, the Troy painted special for The Witcher, the second one? You know, you're going to do a little... Extra painting Troy's going to oh, do yeah. for you? Yeah, yeah it's coming his I, I way, I've seen man. the way you've been posing your Witcher and your Wonder Woman. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's this this is the Nerd Room After now. Dark special yeah. that uh, Troy will be doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, See those I bits you, that man. only Chris Pine has seen. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> It's funny how things come full circle, though, because the only reason I go up there to get Jurassic Park stuff is because you guys found the box of Jurassic Park stuff. <laughs> so I never true. even thought the first time I was up there to ask about it. And yeah. and here I am going on the hunt up there on purpose. So, yeah, it was great to get back in the shop and, and talk to Dave and all that. And him and I chatted for, for about 40 minutes, really. He just wandering around the store picking at stuff while, while he was chatting in my ears. So great time doing that. And then also, guys, we got to talk about WandaVision because this is another thing that consumed uh, most of Friday and Saturday's Twitter chat was WandaVision Episode 7. And I got to say, a little little PSA out there, expectations, guys. I, I fell victim to this as well because there's a lot of discussion early on after the episode dropped about it being a bit of a letdown. But I would say that 90% of that letdown was all self-inflicted. We had these huge expectations going in. Who's the engineer? Is it Reed Richards, Hank McCoy? Guys, it's Blue Marvel. It's still Blue Marvel. But I think a lot of us got to the point where we were waiting for that. I think I even said to my wife, I don't know what I'm more excited for, the episode or the reveal. And the reveal never happened. And so on a second watching, I found myself much more engaged with the story. And it's a big reveal episode. Like two huge things happened in this episode that I found were glossed over because we didn't get the engineer reveal. And I take a lot of blame for that one. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you go on theme park rides instead of enjoying cinema, like Uncle Martin says. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess he's still that's full, correct. man. You know, he's eating all that junk food. He's still full. He needs to, he needs to really ingest that cinema. Man, I will have Skittles all day. (laughs) (laughs) But let's let's talk just quickly here. We're not going to break this episode down any detail because we do have a live stream coming up, and we'll announce our guests next week as to what we're doing. So we're going to be closing out WandaVision in similar fashion to Mando, and we are going to partner up with a a close group of friends, I will say, to break that down. So we're not going to get too much detail here, but there's two big things that happen in this episode. One the reveal of Monica Rambeau's origin, her power origins. We already knew where it was coming from, but this episode seemed to fully embrace that and give us a look into her actual power set, or at least the the infancy of it. And also the reveal, again, spoilers for all of this, is the reveal of, of Agnes actually becoming and revealing herself to be Agatha Harkness 
and she's been behind it all along and has that very catchy tune at the end of this. So, so Troy, when you're watching this episode and you see Monica Rambeau, we see her transitioning from the, the civilian into really the superhero, I think, on her walk here. How are you feeling about how this has been laid out in front of you? We know this has been coming. We knew since the, the character was announced and the actress was attached to it that this had bigger and wider implications for the MCU and the introduction of this character and also for Captain Marvel too. We know she's going to appear in there. But how did this come off to you, the actual origin of her powers and then the slight revelation as to how they're kind of manifesting in the episode, her seeing the different energy forms and all that? Mm. Oh, I loved it. For me, that was the highlight of the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I, I loved what they'd done with Monica's character because she has that Steve Rogers in her, man. You take away her power, she's still going to go in there yeah. and do what she can. And she didn't know that she had power. She Last time when she spoke to Darcy, it was kind of like, listen, you go back in there, you're going to die. And she's like, I don't care. Like, I got to go in there. I got to save um, save Wanda. So to see her have that heart like Steve, I was just like, yeah. yeah. And then when she broke through and we get to see that sequence of her like going super saiyan i was like oh man that is a cool effect with the eyes is so subtle but at the same time i just i loved what they did with her and it was uh it actually made me like the character even more Mm -hmm. after this episode a lot more so um she knocked it out for the part for me man i I really dig what she did you know the thing that i didn't really like and it's just kind of been present throughout the whole show it's it's like the agents of shield stuff that goes on outside of uh the hex like monica and the military people and Jimmy, their whole dialogue was just so weird for me. And it just felt like two different showrunners. Well, and um, it's also the, the commander too. Like I, yeah, I just really yeah. don't want him to be some like just purposeful villain where he's yeah. like, ah, I want vision. And just cause I want to turn him into like a military missile yeah, type new, thing. I'm new, like, ah, like he, yeah. Yeah, he was fine at the start, but he's yeah. like twisted into this awful like villain of the week type like you know something's wrong with him just on his portrayal like he's not because he was meant to be like this mentor and all of a sudden he's kind of got this weird edge to him that is just i don't know it's too on the nose to me it's it's really weird and at first i thought they're gonna dive into it a little bit and maybe we get some like backstory of him being just like overprotective because his relationship Mm -hmm. with uh maria and then it's like, nope, they're not going there. He's just being a jerk just for the sake of being <laughs> yeah. a jerk. And like, Who knows, oh. man? Maybe with these shutdowns, they had to start filming in Toronto because it's got that CTV cop show vibe to like <laughs> yeah, everything that happens. It's grassy. <laughs> yeah. Toronto, oh. man. I think even got to go lower. It's Vancouver now. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see what's happening. There's not the haze. The Vancouver yeah. haze. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos, what about the reveal, the big reveal? You know, we... When we started and kicked off this this show with the boys over at V39, we kind of made the assumption that she was Agatha, Agatha Harkness. This is something that we talked about from episode one. There was always something off with her up until last week's episode when it kind of threw it a, a little bit uh, on, on its head with her pretending mm-hmm. with Vision and, and really encouraging him to go through the hex. But this reveal the way it was done the way it was executed it was kind of almost a known quantity but did it work for you the way that they kind of spun everything on its head and do you believe that she is the villain yeah i i wasn't disappointed because i i wasn't waiting on any big reveals or anything like that um when we get to that point i was like okay of course and we had 
called that after seeing those first two episodes mm-hmm. uh, when we did the the show with the Vigilante 1939 guys. And so to see that fulfilled, it, it was kind of cool to see our hypothesis play out. But at the same time, it was like, oh, I was a little disappointed because I was starting to get excited about the prospect of Wanda being a villain. And why yes, not? Like, yeah. I think yeah. the cooler story is what if a hero decides to be selfish and mm. they've done a really or, or they have a lot to work with as to why she would be a sympathetic villain and why you could kind of understand, even if it's not right for her to be selfish, to want this life after having um, the way she grew up in Sokovia. And they kind of like we certainly get to have that. Uh, detail to us in Ultron, but even just playing with it a bit during like the trick or treating scene with her and Pietro, mm-hmm. like you know, you know that she didn't have a good life then, and then to have Vision taken from her twice, and they actually talk about that that Vision died in front of her twice. So I was like, yeah, and with her having this crisis on the Monday through the Modern Family Office stuff that they're doing, I yeah. was like, if we're going here, like this is cool, and then. It's like, no, we can't do that. It was Agatha all along. And, like, I'll give them that, like, super catchy theme song and stuff. But, like, man, when that plays out and she does the, and I killed the dog and laughs, I was like, God, I would love to be a fly on the wall at Troy's house when he's watching this, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, the, you know. that was absolutely the first thought in my head. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, now that we're at this point, like I kind of hope that Agatha is the villain. Um, I know we got the tease like with the the bug, right? So that maybe yeah, insinuates that yeah. the devil is there. So Mephisto, and then you had the Necronomicon from the Army of Darkness or the Darkhold in Marvel. Yeah, Darkhold. Um, yeah, which has shown up in Agents of Shield and the Runaways, and like they've used that book quite a few times. Yeah, so this could be a setup for like. If they use it to set up some of the dark universe stuff, that would be cool. Like, I think they are. If I'm not mistaken, like that's what created vampires. So if you use that as a bit of a seeding for Blade, and mm-hmm. what you do there and whatnot, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. There, there was nothing that I would say is bad, but nothing that I would say is like it didn't blow my socks off either, kind of thing. Yeah. And like Monica, I love her. Like she's amazing. She. She's the best actress in every scene. She elevates the shield stuff. She makes Darcy tolerable. But the thing that I haven't understood this whole series is why. Like, why does she care? Like, she she's a agent of a, or she's a member of a government agency. She's following her mom's footsteps, who was obviously a dedicated member to serving the community and protecting her nation. So why is she so opposed? To the commander taking out Wanda, because it doesn't. There's got to be something there with Captain Marvel, or like they've got to dig into that more. Yeah, like a trigger point for that. Yeah, I hope we get that explained because it like her motivations they're cool and like Troy said like that was a pretty powerful scene of her deciding to just run through after the vehicle didn't make it through, but that at the same time like she's coming through there and I was like, girl, why, 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 (laughs) (laughs) like you're. Your unit had this plan. You guys were ready to execute. And in any other military um, scenario, 
you would do that because that's the safest thing. It's the safest for your people. It's the safest for you. It's the safest for like the thousand plus hostages that she has in there. So like, why? And we're like on the we're knocking on episode eight, and like mm. the internet is like, when is Reed Richard showing up? And when is like <laughs> Galactus gonna show up? And <laughs> Doctor Strange, when is he gonna come through and get taken over by Monica? And I'm like, yeah, but I want to know why Monica is like. Acting the way she is, like we yeah. got short. She, she, she's like she's she's like Steve Rogers for Bucky. Like yeah. what's like why why she's so in there for? Her? Yeah, yeah. Let's, there's, let's there's... tell the story in front of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's something yeah. there, right? Like, and it's yeah. you know, is it as simple as as Troy put Steve Rogers jumping on the grenade? Mm. Right, like that's yeah. it's essentially what she's doing. But her motivation is to get to Wanda and to get to Darcy. And so yeah, there's some. There's some contextualization that I need to do there and some work. And that might not get done in the show. That might be done somewhere else. Captain Marvel 2 or mm. something down the road. Spectrum show. Who knows uh, what they're going to do here. With with Agnetha Harkness, the only thing I'll say is I'm not convinced that that reveal is actually the villain reveal. It just seems like way too on the nose for me. Like, and it was all done in sitcom style. And... To me, the whole thing with the sitcom is don't believe everything you see on it because it's only what the cameras show you. And so I'm not convinced that by the time we get to the end where she like does the purple mist thing and she kind of that she's not like freeing Wanda from something. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we kick off this episode and she starts talking to her like she okay I'm your friend uh, like because like in the comics she is a mentor to her and it's not like she's kind of a not really a villain. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get something where it's like Doctor Strange Center. Like, cause there's, there's that big question. It's like, what the hell is everyone else doing? <laughs> well, well, Wanda's got this whole town trapped, right? And if if it's that Strange actually sent this other witch to, to do something, then that kind of maybe will help with that. But I, I it just seems this show has been about misdirection and subtlety. Mm-hmm. And then this whole thing is just like right in your face. Yeah. And so I'm not convinced that what we were told at the end of last week is actually the truth. And yeah, well, and we do have two episodes, right? And that's a yeah. lot of time to burn with, if you're knocking on the door, your climax kind of thing. So yeah, exactly. So like, let, let's see. And then there's the end credits and we finally get an end credit scene in this <laughs> where we've got Evan Peters, whatever character he's playing, showing back up. Um, <laughs> snoopers be snooping. So I, I, there, there's still a lot of talk out there. Is he actually Quicksilver or not? But I think he's just someone working for Agatha at this point. And, you know, it was clear that she was controlling him in some capacity. Like they made that very apparent of when he showed up at the door that she was out in the lawn doing all her stuff. But, um, it's going to be interesting to see how how this unravels here in the last couple episodes. They've got a lot of work to do here, and I think they can get through it. And I'm guessing now that we're at modern time that we're done with the sitcom stuff, and this is going to be full on um, maybe some of the glitchiness, but I don't know if we're going to get to the same capacity that we have in the, in the last little bit now that Monica, Agatha, and Wanda are all kind of in the same spot. So. We're looking forward to episode eight and what it does. And it's, I think everyone needs to lower some expectations and just enjoy what's in front of us um, because it is something special. And I think on a second watching episode seven was, it really worked for me. It wasn't the strongest episode, but it was still a good episode. So anyway, Sanjay, come back into the conversation here, man. We're going to talk here, about man. some, some casting in the world of DC film. All right, let's do it. So they so announced, s- who did they announce? We got, a, we got ourselves a Supergirl. 
in the DC film franchise, whatever we want to call it now. But we've got a young actress known for her work in the soaps. We've got Sasha Cali filling in the Supergirl boots here, entering into the DC film universe and entering in as the first Latina woman to be taking on a prominent role in a major cinematic superhero movie. Very exciting news. This was shared on Instagram by the director, Andy Muschietti, in a very touching Instagram post, Instagram video. And it was it was just a fantastic thing to see her pure joy and appreciation for being cast in this role. Sonny, what are your thoughts yeah, on man. this? And, and comment to DC, under the radar, has been doing an incredible job at diversifying their acting directors creatives and they've been doing such a good job there in in giving us a broad spectrum of diversity inside of their film and tv universes it's it's fantastic to see but what, yeah. what are your thoughts here on supergirl um yeah but before we go into supergirl just got to give a shout out to um renee montoya rosie perez um she was latina and she portrayed uh renee montoya in birds of prey that came out last year so dc's been doing that uh, diverse casting uh since the beginning you know you look at who they've been casting you look at aquaman um you know you look at suicide squad know, man suicide squad yeah, yeah right um so they've been they've been in that game since the beginning and um, oh, yeah yeah they've been you know you can say what you want about the movies but the casting has been phenomenal and mm. um this young actress you know i i don't know her like i've never seen her in anything um but just watching that um short interview with andrew muschietti uh the director of flash and just seeing like the chemistry they had and the excitement that she brings and you know just pure elation at that oh video. it warms your heart like it literally brought me to tears just to see just how joyous she was and the crazy thing is you watch that moment her life is forever changed from that you know like she comes in here and you know she's done like a couple things but this is like a major role like you go back to 2015 i believe when they announced gal gadot as wonder woman and it was much the same thing like she was ready to quit acting she was ready to go back to israel and just live her life and then she got cast as wonder woman and now she's everywhere like she's blown up um from wonder woman and i i you know i could see this happening with supergirl and uh, supergirl's just a great character that you know unfortunately sometimes lives in superman's shadow a bit um and like hasn't really been able to get that mainstream push up until the tv series um the wonderful tv series that's on cw and so um, to see like Supergirl get another shot at a live action um, from the 1980s, uh, I think it was Faye Dunaway that portrayed her in 1984. Uh, that's a deep Helen cut. Slater, you know, man. you you know, was that Helen Slater? Helen Slater, yes. Why did I... oh, it's Faye Dunaway's in the film? That's probably why I said yeah, that. Helen Slater, of course. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, Helen Slater. Hopefully, she can make an appearance. That would be super cool. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, this is uh, this is super cool news, and the thing that's really cool is like she's gonna be in Flash, so like this Flash movie is blowing up. Like this Flash movie is gonna be huge. Like it's gonna be, 
you know, it's, it went from like a, like a story like, okay, you know, maybe we'll do Flashpoint or maybe we'll do this and maybe we'll just do like a Soul Flash. And now it's like, it's got everyone. And it's like introducing so many characters. Like this is going to be kind of like a linchpin of the DC universe. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a rebirth a maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So, so this casting, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this girl can bring. And I think she's going to knock it out of the park. Um, I'm super excited for her and uh, super excited to see what she brings to the role and i have no doubt that she's gonna crush it yeah yeah for sure troy carlos bring your thoughts to the table on this one i know carlos you were you were quite excited about the the video when it was posted when it dropped there on instagram yeah man like sanjay said like how could you not just be filled with emotion watching that Mm -hmm. right like it was just so pure and so good but the most important thing for me man is 425 425 that's how many auditions and actresses that they went through and she rose to the top and she was the best person so i know there's been some detractors out there because she's not kind of the traditional blonde supergirl but 425 like isn't the rule of thumb best person for the job well exactly she's the best person for the job if they went through 425 auditions she screen tested with ezra and that was the person that Andy Muschietti thought would best embody Supergirl for his movie and for their universe, because Walter Mata was involved in the casting at the final stages, according to what they said. So, yeah, man, and it's it's cool. And, like, for me, the, the biggest thing was, like, my daughter's taking school at home, and, like, as you guys well know, she is, like, insane Superman fan, like, loves 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 superman um and she comes downstairs and i sent the the little video to her and i was like hey check your phone and she watches it and she just lights up and my daughter doesn't look dissimilar from miss callie there and it it was just so special and so real and i was like this is awesome and like that's wicked i would argue that she will make a very plausible cousin to Henry Cavill's Superman mm-hmm. if they choose yep. to go that route or if they're doing something funky with the multiverse. But this is amazing, amazing all around. And if you have your doubts, just watch that video of her getting the news and you'll be all for this girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's so touching. Well and like I, like I said, the pure elation coming off her is, is infectious. Like mm-hmm. You can't resist that. It's, it's incredible. Troy, any final thoughts on this? Oh man! I mean, what else can I really say about that? But uh, I'm extremely excited, man. It's it's cool to see that finally that we're getting Supergirl on the big mm-hmm. screen in the DCEU because I remember, man, like leading up to Man of Steel, like I got that comic book and they had right. the Supergirl comic book. Remember that? And yeah. um, that comic book at the time was canon in the DCEU, and I were always wondering, like, well, where is Supergirl because she was left out there and she was on Earth before Henry Cavill Superman. So it's cool that um, it you know they're going to finally go back and we're going to get her on the big screen. I remember even when you go to the justice league movie, right? We were kind of teased. Like, is that Supergirl's cape or not? Like that's the big thing. I'm so glad that we got her going on. Um, I love the look of her too, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just all in, I'm all in. And it's, uh, it's neat that she's getting this push. I mean, we've seen Supergirl, uh, was it some Smallville and then mm-hmm. the Donner universe. Right. right. And then the, the, obviously the TV series as well. Um, and it's cool too, to see that actress kind of welcome her, into the role mm-hmm. as well of uh, Supergirl, man. It's really cool that uh, that that WBDC community just to see these actors kind of lead on and cheer for the next one coming in and take that torch. Yeah. So 
I'm all in, man. Yeah, I can't wait for this. This is Flash movie, like you said, Sanjay, is it's turning out to be something really big and likely something really special. And I like the way that you put it a linchpin in the DC film universe. And it could be really, and now I was joking a bit there about a rebirth and kind of taking a bit from that, but it, it could be a, a big kind of status quo shift for, for the universe and bringing in the new Batman, bringing in Supergirl here and maybe reimagining the flash in some capacity and how he fits into the grander film universe. There's a lot of work they can do here in one movie and they're all moving in in the right direction with this i always like to put that in there for sanjay <laughs> so <laughs> every time you say that, i gotta take a drink and i'm hammered yeah <laughs> so troy man i want i want to keep with this casting discussion yeah. here let's let's talk about ezra bridger mm. so this past year in the mandalorian we had the debut of live action ahsoka tano and this kicked off a lot of real excitement for the Filoniverse crowd. You know, you and I, big fans of Rebels and the Clone Wars and all that. And I know Carlos has dipped his toes into this universe as well. And that really brought a lot of questions as to what are we going to see the other surviving members of the Rebel crew in particular? You know, with Ahsoka being closely tied to those, your your Hera's and your Sabine's and maybe even your Ezra's because we had the name drop in the Ahsoka episode, the Jedi of the Mandalorian, we had the name drop of Thrawn. And Thrawn and Ezra have a really tied, closely tied ending in Rebels. And and maybe ending in air quotes is better because we know Thrawn has survived and that gives us now that Ezra survived. And with the spinoff Ahsoka show coming, could it be that we're going to see the story of finding Thrawn and finding Ezra that we are left mm-hmm. dangling with at the end of Rebels? And there's always been talk about who is going to be cast as the live action Ezra Miller. Was it going to be the guy that, that voiced him in a similar fashion that Katie Sackhoff did for, for her character in the Mandalorian this past year, or was it going to be someone different? And the, the boys over at Kessel run transmissions have, have got a scoop that, that they're fairly confident on here that one of the actors that is the front runner for this role is Mina Musad, and he played Aladdin in the live-action adaptation that was put out a couple years ago opposite of Will Smith. Now, Troy, what do you think of this potential casting and also of the idea of Ezra Bridger coming to live-action in a similar fashion that we saw Ahsoka and likely in the Ahsoka show here in a couple of years? Oh, I love it. I love the casting, man. Um, it's really funny. Because I remember when I was hating on Rebels for the first season, before I got fully invested, I was like, who's this Aladdin-looking kid? <laughs> and it's so Street funny Street rat now, is what he was. Right? right? <laughs> yeah, because he, he was kind of like Aladdin, right? In that yeah. whole uh, Lethal bit in Star Wars. But I really grew to love the character. I loved Ezra. And um, I ended up liking Aladdin. Um not because of Will Smith, but because of, <laughs> <laughs> but because of um, Jasmine, Princess da- Jasmine, and Aladdin himself. I love those two actors and actresses, and the fact that we're bringing this actor from a, a billion dollar film, so that's good. Now putting it into your Star Wars property, I think this guy could totally knock it out of the park. He has the look, he has the feel. I love the fact that they're keeping it diverse still. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to see this. I hope they do go with this guy because I think he's a great actor. He's very talented. Um, he was singing and dancing in Aladdin. He was holding it down. Um, I think he's a Canadian dude too. So, nice. uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really excited. I think there's been other rumors too before of some other um, individuals, but I'm not quite familiar with their acting background. Mm-hmm. But I am familiar with you know uh, 
this man obviously off of Aladdin. So I hope they do it, and it just makes it that much more real than yes. Rosario Dawson, Ezra. You know, there's so much, uh, you know, deep tissues with this characters, right? Because obviously you have him with Thrawn. We also had some pretty big encounters in the last season or maybe the third season of Rebels with between Ezra and obviously uh, Palpatine, mm-hmm. Darth Sidious himself mm-hmm. and the world between worlds. And he's responsible for saving Ahsoka. So oh, bring it on, man. Yeah. I'm just, oh. Star Wars, let's go. Yeah, let's and go. It, it's a topic that we haven't touched on a lot lately. There hasn't been a ton of Star Wars news out there. I'm not going out the High Republic in that, but no. to see this evolving and developing into this live action Rebels is yeah. very exciting. You know, these are characters that we thought would exist solely, or at least I did, solely in that animation form. And Ahsoka making that jump opened up a lot of avenues for other characters because there's also Sabine down the road. That, that they're going to need to cast. That, that You can't leave her out of this story with Ezra, no. especially. No, and especially Mandalorian lore that's yeah. been going on, too. I mean, that's really important. Um, do you think we're going to get Ezra kind of a little shook, a little dark? I mean, this guy's been in the outer, I think we have outer space there, right? we got to see, um, which is also interesting to see this character, because when you see this actor in Aladdin, it is very similar to kind of like what Ezra is. Exactly. But yes. now we're going to get a mature Ezra. It's going to be neat to see his acting chops kind of change mm-hmm. or elevate. I just I just can't wait to see what they're going to do. Street rat. Carlos, man, this is, uh, as, as you continue to dive deeper and deeper into Star Wars, you I would say that Braid's gone, like I've said in the past. You've got the, the mullet, the Obi-Wan mullet from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> and But you, you've got to be excited to see Ezra coming over. I know you've watched Summer Rebels and that, and you've got a big Star Wars fan in your house as well. Yeah, man. Like, I, I dipped my toe into Rebels. Like, I couldn't resist. Like, I, I cheated, and I watched, like, the the Ahsoka Vader confrontation yep. levels, and that also dovetailed into the Darth Maul stuff that I'd watched with Clone Wars. But, mm-hmm. like, that practice was quickly stamped out by my daughter and we're now <laughs> knocking on the door or just into season four of clone wars like wow. it must be watched and in sequence kind of thing so like i can't even think about dipping into rebels but uh yeah mina masood man i'm excited about that like i, I think he's a good looking charming dude but mm-hmm. more than anything i'm happy that we're gonna get a brown guy in the modern era of star wars who isn't just <laughs> imperial computer guy like (laughs) it's always just the guy delivering the transmission for us so now that we get like mina masood being like a jedi who's gone through some stuff and we'll be able to bring some heat to the ahsoka series and whatever else beyond that in the filoni verse like rick sorry man but uh you've had your time cassian now it's time to uh (laughs) you know you did you did your job and you know thanks for the plans but you got blown up now it's time. <laughs> wow, it's ruthless, yeah. man. Yeah, it, it, it's time to let Ezra shine, man. Yeah, it is. Let that time to shine. let him shine. So, yeah, man. I, I really hope that this Mina Masood rumor is true because that, that'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. And, like, Star Wars has been doing some good work with the casting and the characters yeah. that they're showcasing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I like where Lucasfilm's head is at. And this would just go another step to reinforcing that they're on the right path with these things so yeah yeah and it's it's really cool pulling from 
the familiar too, as well as from a, from a character perspective, and then putting a, a unique spin on it with an actor coming in and jumping into the role and making it their own as well. And he seems like a guy that, you know, he took a guy, a character like Aladdin and made it his own. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a beloved character that was from animation onto live action. And he's going to be doing a very similar thing, taking a beloved character and translating it into live action. So um, he seems like the perfect guy for it. And I'm, I'm with you there. I'm excited. I'm pumped for it. And I, I just can't wait to see him light up a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to be so cool. <laughs> so exciting. Cool. But, guys, we're going to get into our last topic for this evening. We're going to talk some toys, one of our favorite subjects on the podcast. We haven't done a lot of toy talk this year outside of This Week in Nerd. But we're going to talk about forward-looking and what we've got in this year in 2021. Really focus around those collector lines, the Black Series, Marvel Legends, NECA, of course. And we're also going to have a very special section on Hot Toys because there's, there's a little bit of a reveal. That was teased earlier on, and we're going to jump into that and, and let one of our friends here at the table really take the mic and, and run with that, and uh, I can't wait. So that's, that's your tease. We're going to talk about that a little bit in just a few minutes, but first things first, got to talk about the Black Series, guys, Star Wars. Look, this has become a behemoth of a line. We are looking at over 200 figures now, and just this past week or two, we got a whole nother slew of figures laid out in front of us. And I really want to talk for the Black Series, not only on the scale and the amount of figures that are coming out, but it's what is coming out. They're really focused on exclusives and celebratory releases in the first part of 2021. We've got Lucasfilm's 50th anniversary coming up here. And so they're commemorating that with the whole release of Phantom Menace figures, resculpts and repackaging Ooh. of figures that we've seen before on those six inch phantom menace card backs really cool looking to go alongside that we've got revisiting some figures that we've seen but sculpting them and painting them as if they were the vintage figures so your greedo your jawa your obi-wan your obi-wan in kind of that off brownie orange looking robe your greedo in the full green and so i really want to get your opinion here troy on on the black series right now the status of the black series for yourself and what they're doing with the exclusives and the celebratory lines, because we've, we've seen a lot of that. We got the Empire last year, three years ago or two years ago, we had the New Hope stuff. For me, it's it's wearing a little bit thin, and I've kind of stepped back in a big way from it, especially even the Empire stuff. I, I'm not collecting this stuff as much. I might pick and choose here, but how are you feeling about this exclusive and these 50th anniversary stuff that we're seeing that were just dropped a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so for the for the 50th anniversary, I'm not f- well, the 50th anniversary one, sorry, for the Obi-Wan, like the Jawas and whatnot. Yeah. I'm not I'm not feeling those ones at all. Like the color wave. Yeah. Just doesn't work for me. I mean, the Obi-Wan looks kind of cool, but I'm just kind of I'm kind of worn out on the card backs when it comes to the Black series. I love like the new look of the boxes that they have yeah. now, like, you know, with the Mandalorian line and like that Ahsoka. Those things I think are brilliant because they're smaller. You got some amazing, amazing card art. You mentioned art before. I think the new Black Series boxes are killing yeah, it right now. Yeah, they're great, right? And um, and they don't take as much space on your on your shelf. So if you are an inbox, those things are amazing to display. Whereas these new cards are or not these new cards, these just original card backs they've been using for quite some time. I'm just over it. Mm-hmm. They take up a heck of a lot of space, yeah. and you only really use those because you want to display them in box. Um, so I'm not really feeling those ones. But that being said, I do love the red cards oh, going so good. back to the Phantom Menace, man. I think those are amazing. My only downside is 
I don't like the fact that they're exclusives. Yeah, it's and they're expensive exclusives. They're very expensive exclusives. Like and, near forty dollars. Uh, yeah, which is which is it's pretty hefty for these six inch figures. Um, it's cool that you know we're getting a chance to get your hands back on a Mace Windu, yeah. a better Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, updated which is face sculpt. Yeah, um, Jar Jar Binks mm -hmm. is back, which is a funny kind of release how he's just timed already. Well, with, and that's uh, the, I'm a little disappointed on that one because. The Jar Jar, I probably would have bought this one over the $40 one I bought a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, just to have it in the yeah. card back. Because I like the Phantom yeah. Menace collection that I've got going on here, and it's the yeah. one piece of the prequels that I've carved out that I will collect in the Black Series. And I got that Jar Jar explicitly because it was part of that. But to now yeah. see him in this, ah, because I have Rick grabbed me the Obi-Wan in the, in the Darth Maul from Celebration a few years ago. So I yes. have those card backs. But this explosion of that... It, it kind of, it, it, it's a bit upsetting to be honest with you. Yeah. The Jar Jar Binks in particular, because I paid the deluxe price for it, because I thought it was the only way you're going to get it. Yeah, and now he's getting released again. So that's a bit of a letdown. But um, yeah, like I mentioned, man, I, I really do appreciate the fact that they do go back and kind of retool some of these figures. Yeah. Because if you have that Qui Gon, and I, I unfortunately have a couple of those Qui Gons, his face. His, his eyes are sunk in funny. They're sunk in. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. I mean, the hair was done great. The body mold was fantastic, mm -hmm. but the face was yeah, really was off, man. Tough. So it's cool to see that they, they fixed it up, man, and he's looking more like Liam Neeson than ever. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, pretty cool. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on, on this line as well. I, I will be tempted if I see them in stores on some of these figures, particularly the Battle Droid and maybe the Mace Windu. I, I would have been all in on the Mace Windu if they had a packaging with a blue lightsaber. Because yeah. the original Phantom Menace release of Mace Windu came with a blue lightsaber because he never ignited a lightsaber in Episode 1. It wasn't until Episode yeah. 2 when we found out he had a purple lightsaber. So yeah. that detail I would have really appreciated. But we'll see. The price tag on these up here at least are $37, $38, which is absurd. Like it's almost yeah. twice what they were six, seven years ago. And like you're starting to get towards really high-end collectibles at this point like that's some of the NECA stuff goes from that and it comes with a lot more accessories and the, the details is quite a bit different so yeah. it, it's it's tough on, on these lines as to pick and choose and I and I agree with your comments about the card backs they, they are big I've had to put a yeah. lot of mine away yep. probably three quarters of my collection away because I don't have anywhere to put it they're huge and I don't they're like huge. the kind of hanging on the wall card backs type thing I, they need to yep. be on a shelf and and so I've kept a couple of them out just to to fill out as some accent pieces but most of them are, are packaged away which is a bit unfortunate because it is cool but we're we're at a point where i'm almost at saturation with some of this unfortunately are, are they giving us obi-wan and mulligan too they're giving obi uh no i don't think so no it's no. jar jar qui-gon mace windu and a battle droid i believe yeah see they, they're they're missing anakin man pod racing anakin with the helmet see that's that would be cool like the little tiny there. dude in like yeah that that would have been a for sure buy for yeah. me yeah, is an Anakin yeah, there because all these the are all these are re-releases uh, yeah. with some retooling, like you said. So it is good yeah. that they're adding improvements, but again, they're most of us have all these figures already. So, exactly. Um, Carlos, let's talk about Black Series from your perspective because you're more into collecting, or at least people in your family are collecting some of the the new <laughs> figures, uh, the Mandalorian figures, and so we've got some nice indications as to what's coming next. We've got the Zero, one of the droids from from Mandalorian. We got uh, Costa Reeves, Sasha Banks. Uh, the, the Mandalorian that she played there is dropping. They've got some of the Bad Batch figures that are coming out. Tech and a few others are being rumored to, to be dropping as well. And we're undoubtedly going to get more Mandalorian figures as we come. We've got, uh, for the, the life of me, I can't remember Katie Sackhoff's character name. 
Boca 10. 10. Thank you very much. Yeah. That is coming in a, in a wave here, not in the not too distant future. I believe you guys have pre ordered that one as well from, yes. from EV Games. So, yes, yeah. and it's on Amazon now too. Oh, so is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Perfect. on Amazon now too. I'll yeah. likely be pulling the trigger after the show on that one because I, I missed Dope. out on that one originally, but I'm filling out this Mando collection. So, seeing the new figures, Carlos, the, Carlos, the figures that we haven't had in the past and figures that aren't coming from some of the more legacy films. Well, what's what's your what's your perception here on what the Black Series is doing? Yeah, it's good, but I hear you on the pricing thing. Like my daughter just worked her way through Jedi Fallen Order and absolutely fell in love with it. Like I think she's actually going in deeper than I am to go scour the different worlds for all the unlockables and stuff. But like loved Cal Kestis and BD One. He trounced BB Eight and R Two D Two and everybody else to become her favorite droid. So she's like. I need a Black Series figure of this guy. And within a week of her saying that, they announced the new Cal Kestis. But it's like, he doesn't have a great costume, but he's $45. Yeah, it's a deluxe release, that gaming greats, right? Cal Kestis? Yeah, and he comes as like this throwaway alien and, and BD-1 who came with the first release. And I'm like, I can't justify that considering like I'm going to buy it and drop it on Troy's doorstep to cut that poncho <laughs> off and, and do something with the orange on him. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, like, I love the joy that they bring her, so mm-hmm. I don't mind buying a few, but I'm not pushing them on her like I I normally would. Like, the McFarlands, I'm like, you got to buy the Russian Superman. She's like, I don't want a Russian <laughs> Superman. I'm like, you got to buy a Russian <laughs> Superman. Because it's, like, 20 24 bucks, and I can, I can stomach that. But, like, when you're knocking on, like, 30 40 50 bucks for a... It's uh, nuts. For a figure, and, like... They're not the meatiest figures either, right? So they still don't like if they came with a stand and more accessories, I I think you could justify some of that. But we're going to talk here in a couple minutes about the McFarlands that are in some cases half the price. Yeah. Which is uh, crazy. And that's exactly it, right? Because I collect those and I take them out of box. And then, like, when I take her Black Series out and do the posing and stuff, it's just. It's like, shoot, this figure cost me like 10 or $15 more. And it's like, man, yeah, Thomas you're, you're... Wayne Batman would rock on Luke Skywalker. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> if it came down pound to pound for plastic. <laughs> well, it's, it's a nice balance, though, that the Black Series are striking. I will say, yeah, we do have maybe some issues with the, the pricing, but... They do have this celebratory stuff going on, but they're also they got a lot of cool figures coming out, and mm-hmm. they're shifting a lot of focus towards the Mandalorian, which is I think what they need to do in 2021. That's where I'm focusing my Black Series collecting. Odd figure here and there from the original trilogy, and maybe some of this this prequel stuff, but ultimately it's all Mandalorian. I'm trying to do a full Mandalorian set, and that makes it more digestible at those price points. Is yeah. if you can kind of silo yourself in a particular spot in the Star Wars timeline to collect the Black Series from whether it's Clone Wars, Mando, whatever, prequels, original trilogy. Um, I, I don't think the between the volume and the price, you can be a completist in this line anymore. It's just well, it's I, just not possible. It's funny that you say that because I just did the math when uh, you said that they're coming up on 200 figures. And I figured like that $35 price point, $7,000. <laughs> Man, I got a lot of them sitting up behind me. <laughs> so we just won't we just won't tell uh, our spouses about that one. <laughs> That's right. So so Troy Carlos, yeah, talk to me about McFarland here, guys. W- what's going on in the McFarland space right now? 
I know what, since last time we talked about McFarlane, he's probably dropped three or four waves of figures. <laughs> I got to get my handwritten sheets out to talk about these waves here. But uh, yeah, Troy, take it away, man. Take it away with what we got coming. All those Amazon oh, releases this oh, last yeah. couple of weeks. Well, what more can I say? I mean, I've been I've been a huge fan of this line since uh, basically this time last year. And it's been phenomenal. It's been hitting and it's been getting better. Um, and McFarlane has been pretty cool with, um, you know, taking some pretty constructive criticism mm-hmm. over his product and, and really making it better. And not even just for his DC multiverse figures, but also like the Witcher video game verse stuff that Carlos has been dip- dipping into. Um, we have the movie Dune and some of those characters look phenomenal. Uh, Jason Momoa's character looks pretty cool, and Charlie uh, Charlemagne um, looks 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 fantastic. But uh, getting to the DC stuff, man, uh, we got Robin, the Robin wave coming out. We have, I think, now at least in the states, um, Batman Last Night on Earth. I believe yes. that wave's out, yeah. which is the Builder figure. The Builder figure is probably one of the baddest looking Builder figures out there. It's Bane, and he Ooh. is meaty and huge, and he's cheaper than any Marvel Legend Builder figure out there. He's phenomenal. Uh, it's, just, it's just a fantastic wave. I know Carlos is all in more so than I am right now. I've been sleeping on a couple waves because I haven't really been keeping up with uh, Dark Knight Metal. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool the fact that McFar- uh, Todd McFarlane is giving us these lines. Because if we we're going to any other company like a Mattel or a Hasbro, they'd be playing it very safe yeah. right now. And we'd probably be getting like our fourth Justice League wave. You know, as opposed to McFarlane's going pretty pretty dirty and pretty horror aspect with some of these lines that he's doing last night on earth alone it's crazy Ooh, yeah like mohawk mohawk wonder woman in there yeah. batman with the joker's head in the lantern kind of thing and <laughs> yeah dark, and that man. bane figure is insane like i can't believe how big that one is but uh yeah he's doing some cool stuff like uh like troy mentioned those other lines the mortal combat line how could we forget that oh, coming oh, off yeah. of that arcade? with that Liu kang that yeah, give, give, you, give a little pump to that uh quick review you guys did on mm. the arcade yeah, if you want to hear our yeah. thoughts on that sweet, sweet Mortal Kombat trailer, uh, check out the Nerd Room Arcade episode. I guess it was one point one point two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's in the yeah. feed. Yeah, exactly in the feed for your digestion. But uh, yeah, he's been killing it. Like those MK figures, tons of detail. But the the waves with these DC lines. So last night on Earth with that build the figure, and it's cool. You talk about the constructive criticism. Because I guess he talked to retailers about the Build-A-Figure waves, and they're like, yeah, we don't know if we're feeling this, and we don't like that we have um, a, a couple sets of your figures that are one price and then another set that's a different price. And so what he's doing with the Batman Beyond Build-A-Figure wave is he's coming out with one Build-A-Figure figure over the course of like six or eight months. And he did this hilarious Facebook video where he had these – this guy's a multimillionaire, and he has these <laughs> – felt pen handwritten sheets where he has like the dates for each of the figures in this build a figure wave but they build the most incredible cyborg joker thing going and it's like i wanted to skip this wave and it's like the figures are all sweet and the build a figure is incredible i don't know how you skip it so well there's a batman beyond line coming out yeah and so we did is that is that intrigue i hear from you sanjay hell yeah because <laughs> yeah. my, my daughter loves batman beyond so if there's like a terry mcginnis figure that he's gonna be putting out yeah so it's two <sighs> versions gonna yeah, have to open the wallet of... to that so you're passing it down the line tim's getting your daughter figures and now you're getting my daughter figure <laughs> into figures so. yeah exactly so you get like two versions of batman beyond there's a batwoman yeah. beyond 
they made yeah. the Shriek character, and he's oh, yeah, yeah. wicked. Like, just a cool-looking figure, like, all in white with transparent blue parts. And oh, then Blight is the last one. And so when they build, like, this cyborg Batman Joker thing. And so that was cool. Um, people complain about him doing too many Batman, so he's got a wave coming out with, like, a Nightwing. But then uh, Bizarro and John Stewart Green Lantern. And I can't remember who the fourth one was. But another cool figure kind of off the beaten path. And then uh, what else? And movie figures. It's got, yeah. apparently, there's a leak that there's a Zack Snyder's Justice League wave Ooh, coming out. Oh, no way. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh. And so it's those figures. And then with variants. So there's a unmasked Affleck Batman variant. Superman mm. in his blue suit will be the variant. So black suit will be the regular. Oh, uh, my God. I got to get that yeah. black suit Superman. Yeah, there you go. Cy- there it is. Sonny's in. What, what? You're yeah. pulling me in, man. You're pulling me in. Like uh, Cyborg with the shield will be the yeah. variant, <sighs> and then a regular Fisher Cyborg. And can't remember. Well, the, we, we, we got Tom McFarlane, too, because, I mean, when you think of Tom McFarlane, you think of Spawn, you think of Venom, you think of his art. Yeah. And he's giving us his own Batman, his own take on Batman. And yes, wicked an original. Figure. Oh, original piece cool. never seen before uh action figure form cool. with like with like a couple of daggers with some goggles um a really cool bat emblem he's like that dark kind of kind of batman hush blue yeah. on mm-hmm. the gray he looks incredible and it's all just an original todd mcfarlane design it's and it's the most todd mcfarlane figure ever because he's got spikes <laughs> all over him and yeah. like, big points and like yeah amazing it, great i yeah. love it and like Troy said, I just love that the guy's creative. He's like, I think this is cool. I'm going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well there's that... a lot of passion. When you watch his videos, this guy loves what he's doing. He has so much fun with the stuff. Uh, he, he's very competitive with his price points, too. Like, we've gone back and forth how many times. This guy's giving you flight stands. If he's not giving you a flight stand, he gives you a basic stand. Gives you the accessories. Gives you a nice big box um, with, you know, all of the synopsis on the character. And then he's giving you just some great action figures. Yeah. But, Twenty bucks yeah. Canadian, yeah. That's why that still blows my brain apart. That, yeah. that it, that's the price point, and I, I love hearing Sanjay here getting excited about this. I this don't. is this, if any if my any line can it. pull him in, it's 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 Todd McFarlane, Uncle Todd, man. He can. <laughs> Looking at these uh, Batman Beyond figures, you know, like my daughter wants them, but I kind of want them too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's what begins. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, oh, Tim's daughter is totally so, getting one. Yeah, like four shows. Yeah, totally. like, I, I, I had a Funko Pop show up on my uh, doorstep not too long ago from yeah. the goddamn Bat Fam of, of Wonder Woman. <laughs> so, and speaking of which, little side tangent, they have a, a dress up day at school coming up, and guess who she's going as? Not Wonder Woman, Batgirl. <laughs> yes. Full Got black, purple, every, like it's awesome. Like it's great. Amazing. Like she loves it. This is that's Amazing. where her heart is. DC Superhero Girls is, is where her uh, her fandom lies right now, and I'm okay with that. We got another one, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So let's slide over to to Marvel Legends here before we we drop into to Neca and and maybe uh, the big reveal here at the end. But Marvel Legends for me this year has been an interesting line. I've been MCU collecting for years. That's where my focus is. We've got almost no prospects, at least at this point, announced prospects of MCU figures. I think inevitably we're going to get a Disney Plus wave and we're going to get an Eternals wave. We've seen images of that like a year ago. If that movie ever comes out, we're going to get some Legends figures from it. 
but they just had a fan first Friday this past week where they dropped a big villains wave. You're getting arcade, which might be appropriate for you guys as a mascot. We've got, <laughs> there's a red skull in there and a big build a figure and all that. And they showed a cosmic wave where we've got, um, Nova and an AI Tony Stark and a few figures like that. Nothing there, unfortunately interests me again. I'm, I'm focused for a reason for cost and because of what I like. But, but Troy, you've been dipping into this line in and out, the classic X-Men yep. stuff. There's rumors there's going to be a classic Fantastic Four on the card back wave. There's rumors we're going to get another Spider-Man wave down the road. We just got the, into the Spider-Verse stuff. There's more rumors, more X-Men coming down the road. Are you still going at the Legends hard? And given some of those rumors out there, are you excited for the prospects of second half of 2021 figure releases in the Marvel Legends space? Yeah, man. Uh, so McFarlane toys have been killing it for me, but it's the Marvel Legends, man. They've they've been turned up for so long yeah. right now these days, and I'm just I'm blown away because we got the House of X Powers X line dropping any minute now. The Into the Spider Verse line's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's something new where they've actually kind of like the idea that Carlos mentioned a while back here on the pod, where he's like, I'd like to see these figures kind of base them off of like an artist, and the Into the Spider Verse line really looks a lot like the movie counterparts mm-hmm. as opposed to the first time they released the line they were just like your marvel legends that had like the skins or the look of the movie so it's cool to see that like miles for instance has like skinny actual legs as opposed to just like a regular leg from like the ultimate spider-man toy that we've seen a thousand times so it's cool that they're taking that into consideration um the retro spider-man line like i've mentioned before oh, yeah. i'm a huge fan of and it <laughs> looks like they're going to keep continuing down that path and they've been doing it with the x-men you mentioned the Fantastic Four rumor. I would love that if they're going to give us, you know, the blue and white costumes. I think so, yeah. I'm there 100%. And, and give us give us a She-Hulk in the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four costume, too. I think that's a must. So I'm there. Yeah, you know, mentioned that recent wave. Um, the villain wave, I don't care for at all. Like, I have a pretty cool Red Skull already. I think there's been better Red Skulls yeah. already. Uh, Hood, for some reason, mm-hmm. that is actually the one I like because he's just in a civilian clothes. So I could probably make that... Went to a Peter Parker in two seconds. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, everything else, I mean, I, I'm kind of let down. I would have liked to see, like, a cool Doc Ock in that wave with, like, the tuxedo. That would have been a cool look. Mm-hmm. kind of feel like what they're giving us isn't anything special. Then you mentioned the, um, what was it? Uh, cosmic AI, Tony Stark. And... Yeah, the cosmic one, but the comic I'm thinking of, Cap, uh, Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Empire. Yeah. It's basically that Tony, right? It's basically that Tony when he's, like, the AI. Yeah. Yeah, so which is weird because they just released that figure not too long ago in like the retro line, the classic Iron Man, mm-hmm. but they've just changed like his, 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 what is it? The optic, not the optic, the, the reactor, arc his reactor. Arc, reactor. The reactor. Yeah, they changed the reactor color and they gave us like the, the kind of clear head. So, yeah, I'm not really bothered about that one, but down the road, I'm really excited for the stuff that they're going to be doing with obviously the Spider Man and all that. The articulation is always great with the Marvel Legends line, it's probably the best out there. When it comes to articulation, and they've been changing a lot of the molds too. Mm-hmm. We just need a daredevil wave. Yes. Daredevil wave. That's all I ask. Yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> I'll even just take just Daredevil and then his just like, supporting daredevil. cast. Like I'll take <laughs> hey, Karen. Man. I'll take Foggy Nelson. Just with that Chip Zardisky run though, there's like the one book I think you see like five different costumes of Daredevil already. And I, I and I message you back and forth, like, give me a wave of just this. <laughs> Of these five different costumes, like the Punisher look, the no shirt look, the the I don't know, he has like a bandana on his face look, and then the classic Daredevil. There's so many yeah. looks, on and like, there's like Man. Ninja Raps look. 
Look, yeah. if, if he's bound to make an appearance in Spider-Man 3 later this year, mm. you're going to see quite a few comic legends, I think, dropping in subsequent 100%. waves. Like, if there's a Spider-Man wave dropping later this year, I would not be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to be a Zardisky Daredevil, but I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing that character pop up in more and more ways down the road. 100%. Yeah, because as they try to seed and tie everything together nicely here. So, yeah, Marvel Legends are are a focus probably later on this year. I wouldn't doubt if we're going to see, like I said, a Disney Plus wave where we get Falcon and the Winter Soldier and a Wanda and a Vision. Only makes Pedro. sense. Maybe a Loki in there yeah. as well. I think that that is all but signed, sealed, and delivered. No announcements yet, but if they don't do that, they're doing something wrong. Like especially with the, the the amount of FaceTime that Wanda and Vision and all that getting, they can they can make a whole wave out of that and just do black well, and white figures and you know what I mean. I, well, yeah. I was gonna ask you because you're a Funko guy and I know yeah. they've already like announced like the Quicksilver and I think in brackets not Quicksilver. Yeah. Funko. So how does that work with like Funko? They have like a more of an advanced time than Hasbro does. I don't know if their figures. turnaround time is a lot quicker uh, because Must be a little quicker. Funko, if out of anyone, seems to have accurate sculpts. Like you look at yeah. Legends, and we often get for big movies, especially we get the concept wave that comes yeah. out of the early production stuff, and then you get the the repaints and resculpts in subsequent yeah. waves. Like we saw that with the Infinity with Iron Patriot, Endgame with Iron Patriot, with yeah. the, uh, the Black Order, the Black <laughs> Order, yeah. the the time travel suits, like all of that. Yeah. It's all like pre-viz stuff and all that or, or conceptual stuff and you can see that in the art of books right you can see where all those designs where they handed them off yeah. and they've changed everything in post and then they go back and redo everything so um funko i don't know if they just have a shorter lead time or if they have a better pipe into what they're doing or if they're able to change quicker on the fly right because yeah because right? yeah, that quicksilver thing was dropped like last week and it's exclusive i think an amazon exclusive um i won't be getting any of those but if they came, if they show up in legends forms hell yeah absolutely <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> yeah so one other thing or one other company i want to talk about here quickly is is neca you know neca is a company that that came onto my radar through troy it was a, as a company that i really didn't pay much attention to until early last year when my whole world came crumbling down around me and all of a sudden I have had to revamp the whole nerd room <laughs> because of <laughs> the expansion into these different lines. And I've, I've talked every single week, it seems, about this turtle line that they've got, the movie turtle line in particular. There's a cartoon line and a, and a gaming line on that too. And they're dropping an enormous amount of figures. I've got my Super Shredders on the way. It is just leaving the U.S., bound for my house here in the next week or two. So very excited for that. But this past week, they teased and then subsequently dropped a Danny Pennington, who's the kid from the first turn, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. He's coming as a Loot Crate exclusive. So I'm now a Loot Crate subscriber. <laughs> 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 and then they're doing a bit of Q&A online with the NECA stuff. And they're talking about over 10 movie figures coming from NECA this year. So I'm, I'm shifted into that realm in a big way. A lot of focus there. Back to the Future chronicled that last week i jumped into the marty's the biff and now they're talking about many more was what they put online today when it was asked how many more back to the future figures are they doing many more what does that mean five ten who knows but i'm all in on that line now i'm there and so so neca is eating a big chunk out of my my collecting funds because of two things one the figures are awesome and they're hitting some real nostalgia for me but two 
the the sculpts and the accessories and what they're doing, the collector focus, and of any company we've talked about, maybe outside of McFarland, the the amount of focus on the collector and how they're in touch and in tune with what's going on and what people want and the way they roll things out and the way that they change how they distribute on the fly. If people are having a hard time getting a figure, they put it up on their website for a special order. And so that you can get that. And they're very clear and upfront. Like this Danny Pennington that they put out, it's cool because they said it's not coming out any other way. This is the only way to get it. But that figure shows up in retail, it's a peg warm, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like giving the fans a way to get a figure without getting into issues where you have these the Cassians or whatever swinging from the pegs that impact future orderings of waves from places like Walmart and that. They all skew the same. So they skew up Black Series and there's 15 whatever figures sitting on the pegs. They don't order the next wave. And so that impedes distribution, our ability to get our hands on the figures that we want. And so they've kind of got a really great way of catering to the collector and catering to their fan base. And then the movie prop stuff. Carlos, speak to this movie prop stuff that they've got out here. (laughs) Yeah, man. Like, that was one of the funnier things that's ever happened in the DM. (laughs) Because Tim drops in the DM, Troy, NECA's coming for you. And he drops a picture of the Nightwing at Christmas sticks. And I just reply with a screenshot of my, your order has been completed (laughs) for the aforementioned NECA Nightwing. Um Christmas sticks. Yeah, the prop replica stuff, like, that is my jam. Like, I love, love, love that type of stuff. It's a complex. It's like a reflex for me. (laughs) But, um, yeah, they got that. And right now in Walmarts, they have the Batman 89 Batarangs Mm -hmm. all over the place. But like Tim said, like, so collector-friendly. They're like, don't sweat it. Like, don't pay eBay prices. These things are at Walmart for, I think they even gave the date in one of the posts that I saw from NECA and then they're like, and then we're opening up distribution all over the place. And yeah, like the bang for your buck with the NECA stuff, like it costs you the same as like a black series figure, but like the paint apps, especially if you get a wet character, like my daughter's bought like a few aliens and predators mm-hmm. and Tim's like turtles. They, they look real. Like they look like they're kind of slimy and stuff. Like it's yeah, just unbelievable. Yeah. Such cool, cool figures. So, yeah, man, I don't blame you for a second for getting that deep into the NECA stuff because oh, it's, it's just it's wicked. A, it's a, it's a problem, to be honest with you. A good problem, but it's it's a it's a problem, especially with the amount of figures that are coming out. Troy, is there any temptation for you to jump back into this line? You picked up the Casey and Raph yeah. earlier this yeah. year. That's right. Does, the Back to the Future stuff I know has caught your eye, but is there anything intriguing you enough to jump back into NECA in a big way? I know you set up a nice little, I've got the Turtles, <laughs> you drifted off to Casey and Raph a little bit. Yeah. But are you breaking down any of those walls for NECA this year? The only way, man, is if they do the last Ronin. If they do the last Ronin Ooh. figures with uh whoo, I almost let that slip. They'd say who it was. <laughs> if they do the last Ronin figures though, I will definitely, definitely get back on board and buy uh, each and every one of those figures. hundred yeah. percent. It would not surprise me, you know, with given the fanfare around this, mm-hmm. if they would have something in the pipe. Maybe not for this year, but I would like they've done literally everything like even the cartoon stuff they're already so deep into that yeah and it doesn't would not surprise me if they went to the comic end of things like it would be super cool oh. to see that and if a company's gonna do it it's gonna be them well and they would do it in their sleep because like 
it just it amazes me the detail in these turtles like you look at their eyes and like the dots on them and like the turtle shells and the bandanas flowing in the like everything is like and the weapons Mm -hmm. it's like holy smoke so like if they did a comic book they they could do that in their sleep yeah easy yeah yeah 100 percent oh let's see let's see yeah but guys the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is we've got a reveal here and it's coming from a company that I am taking my first big step into. We've got a few experts on the line here with, with Troy and Carlos. And I got my, my rookie status, my, my Padawan braid, if you want to call it that. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm going to finally be allowed to grow it with my acquisition coming here in a few weeks. And that's the Captain America Endgame Hot Toy. And Hot Toy is, is something that I've been trying to dip my toe into, just couldn't find the right, the right acquisition. And Cap was, was that one for me. But, but but Troy and Carlos are are big Hot Toys collectors, and I'm gonna throw it up to Carlos first because he's got he's got a reveal here. He's got to talk us through Troy. Yo. He's got something yeah. that uh, that landed on his doorstep, and we've seen some images. There's images online, but Carlos, why don't you walk us through your big acquisition here? Yeah, man. Well, yeah, you got me excited for this this new because like right now you're like cold Anakin sitting in front of the council. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Troy's just looking at you like it's outrageous, like it's like Mace. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, I'm talking about the young boy Anakin, the cold yeah. one. Oh, yeah. you, 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 How just you, snatched, you just snatched me from my mother in, yeah. the, in the sand, and now I'm standing in front of you. Yeah, that's right. Snatched, <laughs> snatched Anakin. But uh, yeah, the reveal, like, um, we we started down this path with Endgame. Loved Endgame and got myself an order for the Captain America. I was like, well, I can't have just Captain America. I need to have an Iron Man. And. We discussed amongst us, like Troy, my wife, our comic store retailer. I think the only person who wasn't involved was my priest as to which one to get. But uh, <laughs> we ended up with uh, the Mark 85 Endgame Iron Man. And, dude, like, I kind of went into this, like, with just, like, yeah, this is this is the cool Iron Man. And I was actually leaning towards the concept version, but our local store couldn't get it in. And with the price of these things, I actually had a bit of a, a trade and credit scenario that I wanted to play out. So I was like, well, I, I got to go with one you can get in, do the Mark 85. My wife went and picked it up yesterday. And man, it blew me away. So I was cool. just astounded at this figure. Like, it's die cast. It took literally an hour and 15 minutes for me to like open the compartments and get the batteries all in where they need to go. And but once he's there and he is lit up and I'll post some pictures in the nerd room Instagram feed, but like just such an impressive figure. Like there is a weight and a heft and a gravitas to this figure. Like he is just cool. Like Mm. it's freaking Iron Man. Like it's not a toy. (laughs) It's Iron Man. Like on my, on my TV stand and yeah, wonderful. And this like, just perfect Tony Stark portrait that comes with it. And like just amazing little details. Like he comes with two sets of hands, like kind of fists and then repulsor hands. But then he also comes with two additional hands and the fingers are articulated. Like each digit on the fingers, you wow. can like open and close and they give you the repulsor one. So you can kind of get that flex in a bit more, Yeah, but um, you get those. And then also a hand with the nano gauntlet. Oh, it does and come with that. Yeah. yeah, I saw oh. that picture that you posted in the like, DM. Was, the last yeah, picture I was like, wow. the DM is there yeah. with the yeah. nano gauntlet and I the. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and so they give you 
they give it to you on a forearm, so you can have it as a display piece to have whatever, if you want to have Captain Marvel and Spider-Man running around with it or whatever. But if you don't, um, you can pull actually the, the actual hand off the forearm. And the way they've engineered it, it's, it sits on the it sits on his forearm, obviously. But the lighting effect comes through, so the Infinity Gems all light up. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> which, is, which is sweet. So, yeah, man, like, I... It was like kind of the most quote unquote whim purchase that I've had, but this Mark eighty five Iron Man, like it's number two for me for all the hot toys that we own in our house. Like it's second only to Robocop. And like honestly it's because like you have to open up all the compartments and flick all the switches on, whereas Robocop he has he actually has a remote control to make him talk and stuff. So nice. it's so like cool. Yeah, Mur- Murphy gets the nod with that one, but uh this this Tony is like a very very close second, and even like just little things like I didn't even know. Like I was watching a review video today, and you can like pull the chest piece off, and he has like the the nano tech underneath as though oh, oh. he's just activated it, and like just what a nice touch! It I had no idea it was there until this dude started ripping his apart. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot, that's under wow. there. Yeah. Wow. So, I'm about to watch Endgame tonight now yeah. after hearing all this. Man. Yeah, I hear you. I'm there. Does he come with a flight stand and everything? Because he's obviously a heavy yes. figure. So how does that – it must be a pretty durable, strong flight stand with this guy, hey? Yeah, it's like it's like a metal arm wrapped in like a rubbery kind of thing. It's the same stand that – like you've seen the Cavill one in my daughter's room, right? So it's the yes. same one as that one. Cool. But it, cool. it holds him up pretty good. And he's a heavy figure. In fact, like the, I figured the manual comes with a warning saying like, this, yeah, this thing is heavy. So don't uh, go about messing with him lightly. So don't drop it on your head yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, he's cool, man. Like I, like I love my Batman ones, but he's better than those ones. He's better than the, like a bunch of the other ones that we have, like Spidey ones I've got. And yeah, he's, and like Iron Man's not my favorite character by any stretch of the imagination. If you listen to two episodes of the show, you know that, but like, Oh, I'd like, I want to like have him right here and like stroke him. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Cause, cause as we've been recording, I have, uh, I have the DM up on the computer screen and I've been looking at it just to have it on a bigger screen than my phone. And, uh, it's, it's phenomenal, man. Like the lighting that you have going on there. Uh, I'm looking at him right now with his, uh, face with the Tony Stark face and the gauntlet. It's, it's an amazing looking figure. I can't believe how they nailed Robert Downey Jr. Um, all the goodies that you get inside, it's that to me looks like like this Iron Man that you picked up and the concept one. Those to me look like the two dopest Iron Man figures out. Killed yeah, it. it was a pleasant yeah. surprise because like the reason I was leaning towards the co- the concept one was because he channels the comic book look. Yes, but because you don't get to see this armor in Endgame very long, mm-hmm. and it's kind of dark. And there's like, let's face it, like Captain America steals that scene, but. Um, once I had this toy in my hand, I didn't realize like that is the MCU's version of the classic Iron Man yeah, armor. Like exactly, it's the only one that has the gold on the shoulders. It's the only one that kind of has that muscle implied yeah. look to it. The mm-hmm. legs are completely yellow, and like the armor itself is a lot more red than kind of like the your Mark Three and that uh, genre of armors. They're all kind of a maroony color. Yeah, so. Yeah, man, I was very happy. Oh, amazing. <laughs> man, I'm a bit amazing. jealous now. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> so, Troy, That's take us amazing. home on this one for this yes, evening. Sir. Hot Toys. I know you've got a few 
that are on the way or yeah, scheduled to be on the way this year. But what was Hot yeah. Toys looking like for you for the rest of the year? And is there anything new that is piquing your interest? Oh, I'm about to go to Carlos's house tonight. <laughs> Going to the cave, man. <laughs> Going to the cave. No, um, yeah. So I'm I'm waiting on uh, the all new, all different Spider Man costume. It's it, it's it's basically like Peter Parker's um, Iron costume. Yeah. But it's nowhere near on the level of this guy's. But it's uh, it's meant to be coming anywhere between this month and April. It's scheduled. So hopefully sooner than later. And Clone Wars season seven. Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. I've waited a long time for Ahsoka figure to come out. Um, she's probably going to have a little bit of that realistic look. I can't wait to get my hands on that one. But um, there has been one hot toy I've been eyeing up at our local comic book shop. I've noticed it's there. It's the Amazing Spider-Man 2, Andrew Garfield. And oh, uh, that, that guy's been missing. It's there. I, I, I didn't pick it up, but it's, I've seen it in box. Like it's at, it's at our shop. And uh, I've seen everywhere else, man. That thing goes anywhere from... Well, it goes it goes pretty high. It goes pretty high in price, but this guy, uh, he looks at retail price for a hot toy, and I'm like, oh, do I want that guy? Kind of holding out for the Spidey that I have, so I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but uh, the hot toy game is it's serious. It's hot. It's crazy. Love that stuff. I can't, I can't live without it. So um, let's just wait and see, man. Um, maybe if the right time happens, I'll finally get my hands on Ray because that is that's mm-hmm. another one I really, really want the the episode seven Ray. Or the island training ray. I like I like either yeah. one of those two. So well, you got yes, Anakin coming too, right? Oh shoot! Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I sold yeah, you a I whole g- bunch of hot toys this summer, man. Yes, like I yes, did. <laughs> went on the commission, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hot toys consultant. That's right. Yeah. So again, uh, Clone Wars, um, oh, Anakin, yeah. the armored up Anakin. I believe that's coming a little. I want to say a little after Ahsoka, but that one I got to the local. So I got. I got a couple coming through Hot Toys himself, and then I also have some coming through the local comic book shop. And I think that one is from our local, and that won't be till maybe November. Yeah, November, he's, do, he's doing all right in the Hot Toy game from all three of us right now. <laughs> I know. Oh man. yeah. Oh yeah, he's doing nice. <laughs> well, when you get those ones as a tribute to me for at least a week, you have to have Anakin and Ahsoka in different parts of your room, but with yeah. the communicators, with like Ahsoka talking oh. to the Anakin hologram. And then Anakin talking to the Ahsoka one. Wicked. Even just Wicked. for a Wicked. week. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. And Obi-Wan would just be left out, but that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Awesome, guys. Well, yeah. there, there's a bit of a, a look-see into 2021 in toys for us, looking at primarily what's coming, what's on the horizon, and, and some of our opinions around what's been released. So very exciting in this world, guys. It, the plastic anxiety, it's real. And and the acquisitions here, guys, it, it is also next level. So I can't wait to, to see some more of this stuff as we get on the hunt a bit more here and get some of this stuff in hand up on the Instagram, of course, over at the NerdRM. You, you can check that out there. I threw some of that retro stuff up here. You're going to see some of that Iron Man. And hopefully here in just a couple of weeks, we'll see a cap show up on the doorstep and we can chronicle that a bit there. So a bit of a longer one for you guys this week. We got talking here. got to having too much fun. So... Hopefully you did enjoy. And if you'd like to be a bigger part of this show, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do at thenerdroom.net. Twitter is where you can usually find us one around looking for some discussions, whether it's WandaVision, whether it's Future State, whether it is Superman and Lois, which we'll hopefully be talking about next week that uh, that we're going to go watch right now. The premiere is airing right now. And so hopefully we have some kind words to that next week. And uh, like I said, the hunt is real, guys. Over on Instagram, at the NerdRM. You can check out all of our finds over there. 
And I guess with all that being said, until next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I am Iron Man. Ooh. And I'm Sanjay. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Stay healthy. Be kind. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.